I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. On Monday's episode, Katie and I talked and kind of debated about an idea that occurred to me in a conversation I was having with an Italian that maybe, just maybe, Italians, at least some of them, deep down actually like the famous disorganization and chaos that characterizes Italy. Katie and I kind of took opposing positions on this debate. Is Can disorganization in a city actually possibly be a good thing? So make sure you go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. That aired this past Monday. But as I was thinking about this conversation in the days that followed, I thought about a sort of expression. I don't know if you could actually call it an expression, but it's a concept that kind of exists in Italy, kind of an unspoken concept, but I think something that that comes up, that does come up, and that is the concept of the furbo and the fesso. So these terms, you might be familiar with them if you've spent significant time in Italy, but furbo is the more common term. It means, if you look it up in the dictionary, it's translated generally as crafty, sly, wily, cunning, clever. It definitely has the negative connotation that a word like crafty and sly has. So a affordable person is someone who gets away with stuff, you know, someone who maybe knows how to skip the line. Katie and I were talking about the famous line skipping incidents that we've both taken advantage of in Italy. You know, it's somebody who, you know, maybe they know somebody high up in a certain specific bureaucratic office and uh, it helps them to process certain papers in a more timely way than uh, the average person would be able to do. So, you know, the football comes up again and again and again in Italian culture and society. And I mean, I think all people are probably football from time to time who live in Italy because they learn, they learn the ways of the country. You kind of have to be a little bit football to get by in Italy without being crushed, especially in a big city like Rome. But on the other side of that coin is the term fesso. And fesso, translated literally, means idiot, fool. Really, the, the translation that someone who was uh, completely both American and Italian and therefore had the nuances of the language very, very clearly um, described it to me as a chump. A fesso is a chump. So a fesso is somebody who maybe finds themselves on the other side of the situation. Maybe they're the one who's getting cut in line in front of constantly. Maybe they are the one who never takes advantage of any connections that they might have in order to get their name to the head of the line for their bureaucratical needs or or whatever it might be. It's the person who's a little bit taken advantage of, a little bit kind of a loser type character. But I mean, it's, it's actually a really unpleasant comparison because what you're basically saying is if you're not wily and crafty and kind of bending the rules to your benefit, you are by default going to be someone who gets completely trampled over, a, a doormat. And it got me thinking, 
which one am I? If I, if you have to be one or the other, and that's the kind of the kind of harsh reality of living in Italy is that you kind of have to be one or the other. And that's not to say that you're always going to be one or the other. It might just be in that particular moment, in that particular situation, you're being one or the other. But it's hard to get through life without taking advantage, without being wily and clever, and yet without being taken advantage of. It's it's just kind of one of those sad realities for the most part in Italy. And, you know, I had to wonder, wh- which one am I? I? I don't necessarily think either is a positive, you know, it's, um, it's a choice, really. And I know, I know I've been furba on occasion. I remember specifically, and of course, of course, this goes back to our conversation on Monday, because it's the disorganization and the unreliability of Italy that forces you to make these choices. Somebody who would be a very, very rule-abiding citizen in a different country can be, in certain circumstances, pushed into being not just a rule-breaker, but sometimes a law-bender in Italy. I have a very clear memory of, it was my first year in Rome, I needed to pay my rent. I was several days late paying my rent simply because I'm a forgetful person, and um I had to go to the bank to pay my rent at that time because I did not have an Italian bank account yet. And so I would bring in cash and do what is called a bonifico, which is sort of like a a, a wire transfer into the bank account of my landlady. And I remember showing up at the at the bank and I was several days late. I felt kind of guilty. I mean, if I knew now <laughs> that being late on your rent in Italy is really the least of a landlady, a landlord's worries, <laughs> uh, I probably wouldn't have been so stressed. But, you know, being the American that I was, I was very stressed about this and didn't want to get kicked out of my apartment. And so I hurried in there at the end of the day and they didn't want to do this service for me. And I knew that the service was available. The bank hours were open. But if you have any experience with Italian banks, you will know that Oftentimes, they try to get out of doing certain services based on what time of day it is, especially if it's the afternoon. And banks keep ridiculous hours in Italy, I should just point out. They open around 9 a.m., maybe quarter to nine. They close for lunch, you know, at one o'clock, 1.30. They reopen an hour later to be open for like an hour and 15 minutes, and then they close again. It's a joke. So I, I go in there. I'm just in time before closing, but they're still technically open and they don't want to do this for me. And they're like, no, 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 we don't do it at this hour. It was categorical. They were telling me it couldn't be done. They were like, no, our machines, the machine that does this is, uh, you know, it's turned off or I don't know. That's not what they said, but something like that. And I, having been in Italy for less than a year, or maybe it was my second year now that I think about it, I pulled out the tears. I pulled out the desperate, stressed, disconsolate girl who was going to be kicked out of her apartment if she didn't pay her rent. And I started crying. Deep down, I knew they weren't real tears. But for some reason, I realized that that was what the situation warranted. And lo and behold, they did my transfer for me. So it wasn't true. The bank machine was working. So I learned a very important lesson that day. And that is that if you want Italians to do their job, I'm not, I'm not talking about all Italians here, obviously. So please don't accuse me of gross stereotyping here. 
but you know what I'm talking about. People who work in banks, people who work in bureaucratic offices, people who work in the post office, this type of thing, even on, on occasion shop, shop assistants. <laughs> if you want someone to do their job and they're resisting it, you have to make it harder for them not to do their job than it is for them to do their job. So in that moment, it was going to be harder for the bank clerk to deal with me and my tears than it was to just send my bank transfer. And in that sense, I, I was being affordable. I was taking advantage of a situation, being a little bit less than truthful in order to get what I needed. But on the other hand, I did have every right, for, right to that since the bank was open and I was paying for the service, but I digress. I'm sure there are a hundred other situations like this. I mean, obviously I lived in Rome for four years before I had a legal right to. And so, I mean, talk about major rule bending. I used to go out of the country, out of the Schengen zone every three months. Now, the technical rule is you're supposed to be out of the Schengen zone for, I think, six months, and then you can come back in for another three months. I ignored that, uh, that particular stipulation of the law, and I just would go to Croatia, or I would go to Switzerland, or to the UK, or a country that was outside the Schengen zone, and I would come back to Italy and sort of say that it was okay. And the truth is that the Italian government, at least at that time, which is, you know, more than 10 years ago now, saw that effort. I always compared it to the paper bag, right? That you put your, not, not you, but you know, the, the guy, the guy sitting on the street, on the street corner, puts his bottle of whiskey in a paper bag because he knows that drinking in public is illegal. So the paper bag hides, hides it from sight. The police officer knows what's inside the paper bag, but looks the other way and says, okay, well, he's trying to at least make the appearance of not drinking in public. And I felt like the same was true for me. I know I'm not supposed to be living in Italy illegally, and I know I'm supposed to go out for six months, but at least I'm trying to keep up the appearance of legality. And that's really what I think the furbo and the fesso are all about. And what really, at the end of the day, the uh, disorganized and dysregulated system that is still alive and well in Italy is all about. Thanks so much for listening. Join us again. Bye. You could sponsor this show and reach educated, curious, and compassionate listeners all over the world. Our listeners are a remarkable, diverse, and engaged group of people that I am so continually impressed by. Visit thebittersweetlife.net and click support to get the conversation started. <laughs>